Shalom, shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Hello, everyone. So this is another episode of God's Little Hummingbird with a bit of a twist. We've got two hummingbirds today. We have my friend Danielle joining. Um, so she will be offering insight, questions, reading with, we'll be talking together, praying together. I just thought it might be fun to have two voices together on the podcast. Um, she's another fellow Torah observer and a follower of Messiah Yeshua. And so I, without, you know, I guess, Danielle, you can introduce yourself for a moment because they kind of know me by now and you can tell us who you are briefly. Yeah, well, I am a mother of three precious children, a wife, and I have just come to Yahweh's Torah within the last few years and it's been such a blessing. Um, he has shown me how he calls us to live and not the ways that I was raised um, just thinking, oh, I'm saved so I can live the way that I want to live. Um, no, that's very contrary to God's word. And I'm just so very thankful that he's opened my eyes and blessed me uh, with the fellowship that I have attained through these, these years and just to truly get to know him more and to truly walk in the spirit and no longer in the flesh for his honor, for his glory. And I'm just I'm just super blessed and I'm, I'm happy to be on here with you today. So let's get started. <laughs> yes. And so today we're going to be reading again first um, from the New King James Version Bible. We're in 1 Samuel 22. But a lot of this pertains to our life metaphorically as believers. So there are times where, of course, you always hear my stories, but there are times I may encourage to Danielle or whatever the Holy Spirit leads. Of course, I always pray. Um, that the Father Yahweh Elohim leads. And, but as he leads, we may in, end up sharing a few stories here because Danielle's going through something that I think a lot of you would be inspired by, and well, by which a lot of you would be inspired. And also it would, it just may help some of you. So I do pray, Father God, open our eyes, ears, and hearts to your truth. Only let us speak or understand your truth. Let your truth reign in all of our lives. May we fully surrender all to you. And without any further ado, Father, please bless this study by your Holy Spirit in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. I'm in. Okay, I'm going to begin reading. Um, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Now, remember, what is happening is Saul is now attempting to murder David. Not because David had done wickedly, but because Saul became jealous of David. Because Saul's wickedness, just like Cain's wickedness in the um, right before the Garden of Eden or, or after the Garden of Eden, I mean... When Cain was exposed as wicked, he wanted to kill Abel. Same thing happened with Saul. As Saul's wickedness escalated, David's righteousness also escalated. And it was very obvious, no longer graying the issues between the two. You could see the blackness in Saul, the clearness, the whiteness in David. And if that makes sense, um, I understand Danielle's life. <laughs> right now, she's going through this. And what I want to point out is David escapes to the cave of Adullam. And so, Danielle, do you remember the promise to David by the prophet Samuel? What was David told going to happen to him? He was going to be king. <laughs> right. He was going to be king. But is it is this is this like is he king? Is, is this did everything go smoothly? Is he now is that fulfillment of prophecy happening? Right. No. Right now, <laughs> David is uh, on the run for his life, and you know he's got some. Genuine concerns, but overall, I love how he keeps his faith and trust in Yahweh, knowing, you know what, no matter what this man does to me or threatens 
Yahweh holds true to his word. He holds true to what he speaks. And I love his faith. I love how he has genuine faith. And through all this, I love how his heart toward Yahweh shows and how he still treats Saul. Um, so it's just a beautiful story. Absolutely. And every single one of us, when we come to Torah, we're totally excited. Even when we just come to the, the initial salvation, the baby stage of understanding Yeshua is our salvation and deliverance from sin. And then once we understand what sin is, um, we just, there's all these levels of excitement when you first get, um, come to Yeshua. And then when you come to Torah and you're excited and you think everybody will receive <laughs> and you're like, yay, Yahweh told me I'm, I'm his servant all of a sudden. I'm going to proclaim the truth and people will come. And David's told here, you're the king of Israel and you're going to reign over my people. And no, here his life is being threatened. And so when we are in our cave of Adalam spiritually, we must remember the promises because Danielle knows and I know Satan whispers the lies contrary to Yahweh's promise. Yahweh's promise was already spoken that David would be king of Israel. David is being chased. David is being threatened. His life is being threatened. So in the moments, do you not think that David had doubt at, for a moment? Of course he did, because he it even says it goes on in one of these scriptures where in the passages in a couple chapters where he had to strengthen himself in Yahweh within all of us. And this is something I tell you all the time, isn't it, Daniel? Um, you must stand up, gird up your loins. You must remember the promises that Yahweh has told you because the enemy will convince you or try to convince you of the lies that you're not going to make it, that you're wrong, that you shouldn't follow Torah. That we need to trust Yahweh's signs, right? He shows us, he helps us along the way. And we need to keep faith in him, no matter what the enemy speaks. It, though it does bring us down at times, we have got to hold on to his garments and not let go. Exactly. So that is what this cave of Adalam is. And if any of you know Sarah Groves, and I'll link the song at the end of this podcast if I can. I don't know if I can. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, sometimes I don't let you do that with music because of copyright issues. But anyway, I will try to link the song from Sarah Groves called Cave of Adalam. And that song speaks to me because when the father told me that my family would come to Torah through me, and yet I saw my family fall away, um, specifically um, and my sister. She had obeyed Torah, then she didn't, and now she's come back. I held on to that promise. I remembered the vision. And I will tell you a little funny story because in the dream, he called me Rahab, which, of course, I was horrified at first thinking I was a harlot. But I saw me with my arms spread wide, sitting in the window, and all of my family was there safe from the torment outside. And when I woke up, I was like, why'd you call me Rahab? I'm not a harlot. But Rahab in Hebrew actually means spacious or broad. And he said, I'm not calling you a harlot, Mel. <laughs> he goes, I'm, I'm telling you, you're, you're going, your family will come through your faith. And sure enough, there's been some struggles. Not everybody, none of us are perfect. Okay. But my husband came. My mother and father came. My sister came and she's coming back. And Danielle's going through a very similar situation. <laughs> And you can, I don't know if you have anything to share with that, but it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to see. Yeah. In the moment you're like, okay, I'm excited. This, this is going to happen. And then, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all in God's timing. It's all in his will and his way and in his timing. So that's what we need to hold 
fast to in the in the struggles and the fire to know like okay but there is refining to be done in us first right before we receive everything i mean how much um david grew as a person as a leader through all this all these things and how much you grew and all the you know fiery trials you faced when in your family whom you were you know told you were going to bring them i mean it's just beautiful to see how god works in us and even in my situation just knowing believing that i have been told you know that oh <laughs> um there is there is testing but I believe firmly that that Father has shown me, Yahweh has spoken that He will He will move mightily um, in His own way and in His own timing. I need to be patient. So there is struggle in the fire. There is hard times. There are things that we have to overcome ourselves before we can just grab hold of the promise. So it's definitely a process, and it's beautiful to see how He moves in our lives and helps us to overcome. And, and we can also be lights that shine to those who are around us, who don't see things the way that we see them already, the way that we're blessed to see them. But if we are faithful to Yahweh and are true to our calling, they will see eventually the work he is doing in us. And then that, I think, also will help to show them, like, look, <laughs> look what Yahweh does. Uh, he just pulls us out of our pits and it's just beautiful to see. Absolutely. And it's a lot like the story of Joseph. Joseph again was promised that, Hey, the sun, moon, and stars are going to come bow to you, which of course was symbolic of his family. And yet then he sold into slavery. <laughs> well, he was going to be killed first and, and his brother saved him and they sold him to the Ishmaelites. They took him to Egypt and there he is in prison. And he's like, wow, this doesn't look like what you promised me, God. So may all of us remember that, that time in prison that Joseph spent, this time in, in fleeing for his life, in, in exile for David, this is the refining process that prepares our hearts how to die for our brethren, how to lay down our life. Now, if we don't accept it, we will perish in the wilderness. If we don't, then the hardness and bitterness of our heart from the hurts will come in and eat us up. But Joseph and David went through refining. How dare we think we will miss it? We won't. Okay, I'm going to continue reading. And everyone, okay, sorry. I'm going to read start at the beginning because that was long intro. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adalam. He's escaping from Saul. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. It wasn't the popular people, people. <laughs> this is the lowly. Yeshua calls the lowly, the humble, the fishers, the, the men who are not, of scholars so he became captain over them and there were about 400 men with him then david went from there to mizpah of moab and he said to the king of moab please let my father and mother come here with you till i know what elohim will do for me now there's a prophecy in the book of daniel that says to edom and moab spread open i'm sorry i think it's actually in the book of isaiah and it says moab open wide your arms and hide the fugitive but then there's also a prophecy in Daniel that says Moab and Edom will not be given into the spoiler's hand, this end time prophetic um, tribulation period, well, real tribulation that's coming. So Moab here is interesting. Moab is where David went to hide. Moab symbolically is where a lot of the persecuted people in the end day will go to hide and they will not be given over. And this is in Isaiah and then in the book of 
Daniel also talks about that. Moab will spread wide their garments to protect the, the, the fleeing. Now, Moab, if you remember, was the descendants of Lot. Lot was a selfish person who chose for himself the best land that he deemed best. Abraham was gracious and said, why don't you choose? So Moab is related and is a relative of Abraham. But Moab was descended from a man who violated his daughter while drunk, very symbolic of the modern Christian church. <laughs> the church is violating their children through drunkenness of immorality and sexual immorality, okaying things that are actually wicked like Christmas and Easter, therefore defiling the daughter, therefore leading this person, these people into adultery against God, creating children of fornication because they're sleeping they're, they're doing things outside of God's will and they're, they're committing harlotry with Satan's ways. And so there's a huge picture here. If you see this, did it make sense, Danielle, or do I need to clarify? <laughs> I think that makes sense. <laughs> okay. okay. So David's hiding here. He goes to Moab. So I believe there are going to be believers who are not truly yet consecrated for Yahweh, who will be helping Torah people during this tribulation period. I believe there will be people who don't understand, who are defiled to a degree, who will hide us from the extortioner, whatever that be. So keep that in mind. Pray about it. May Father reveal his truth on that. So, so he brought them before the king of Moab, verse 4. So he brought them before the king of Moab. Then they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. Now the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Depart and go to the land of Judah. So Judah, so David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. So here, some time during the persecution, or at some point, we see David now is told by the prophet Gad to leave Moab, this place of mixing. They're not fully Yahweh's, not fully doing his way. And they go back to Judah, which has, which is always symbolic of the Torah, which has the Torah, the scepter. I do want to point out Gad is quoted many times, and we have never found his book. So it's interesting. Every book of the Bible is the only word of God. Nope. There are things from this prophet Gad who is very much established as a prophet that we just don't have in writing. So keep that in mind that the Bible like is alive and active. There are still people getting prophetic words today and it could be written down and it could have been put in these letters, these scriptures, these prophetic words. So just remember that. Verse six, when Saul heard that David and the men who were with him had been discovered, now Saul was staying in Gibeah under a tamarisk tree in Ramah with his spear in his hand and all his servants standing about him. Then Saul, or Shaul, said to his servants who stood about him, Here now, you Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds? All of you have conspired against me, and there is no one who reveals to me that my son has made a covenant with the son of Yishai, Jesse. And there is not one of you who is sorry for me. Keep that in mind as I come back to it. Sorry for me. This is Shaul saying, you're not even sorry for me or reveals to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as it is this day. I'm going to hand that over because I bet Danielle sees exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how he plays the victim here when David has done absolutely nothing wrong, right? Like he, he was brought in to calm Saul whenever the spirit would torment him. He was brought in to play the harp. And what, 
what do we see is is Saul then you know he becomes so jealous so envious and intimidated by this young man who he wants brought in you know under himself um to help him and it's just insane to see how it's how quickly you know our our hearts can shift um when you know excuse me when when Saul was he was doing so great and then he disobeyed God it was his choice it was his choice to offer sacrifice when he should have offered obedience and so then we see you know that David gets credit you know by the women who what did they sing um David uh his has slain his ten thousands and and saw his thousands and then immediately from that point Saul was like well, what now does he have but the kingdom to take um not verbatim obviously but it's just amazing to see how quickly you know Saul can be so enthralled and just excited about David on his side and then now he's intimidated and jealous and envious and enraged and so now he's finding out that people are helping the son of Yeshai, Jesse. And now he's upset. Like, how, how dare you help him? Like, you're not, you don't feel sorry for me. Do you not see what's happening to me? And what we really need to look at is, you know, my husband says this, this uh, line where, you know, choices have consequences. And it's very true. Um, You know, Saul made a choice to offer sacrifice when he should have chosen to obey Yahweh's command um, and to destroy all the cattle, not just, you know, the, those that were not appropriate for um, back in the reading, you know, not appropriate for sacrifice. Like Saul was like, oh, these are, you know, he probably was like, wow, these are really good cattle and livestock to sacrifice to Yahweh. Let's, you know, he's, he's blessed us to be successful in this battle, but that's not what God asked. He asked him to them all to destroy them all um so we see here that he is very much playing the victim um very much you know how how dare you not be on my side in this but we have to remember that all of this happened because Saul did not choose to obey and so it's 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 unfortunate but we see it many many times in our lives as well absolutely and the other thing to notice here is Saul didn't even care about Yahweh's honor or anything about Yahweh. He said, who is sorry for me? He made it all about himself. One of my friends named um, Jackie, her mother, when we, when Jackie came to Torah, all her mother kept saying is, why aren't you honoring me? Not why aren't you honoring Yahweh? And her mother kept saying about the me, me, me. My grandmother did the same thing. She didn't care one iota about God or his truth. Cause she admitted my grandmother was called a dirty little Jew. I mean, we knew we were Jewish. We were Jewish. She didn't care about the Torah. She said she knew Christmas was wrong. She told me that, but she said, are you wanting to be my, she came to my mother one day and said, are you wanting to be a part? Are you ready to be a part of my family? And my mother said, I want to be a part of God's family. Beautiful. And Oh, my mom had the faith of, Oh, she was amazing. I miss her so much. Um, And just so you know, a lot of you know, Danielle is so much like my mom. And I feel like God has given me that second witness in my life again to be that person with me. Danielle is so amazing. I'm so blessed. Oh, my gosh, I'm so blessed. Um, But my point is, Saul felt sorry for me. Danielle's going through something right now where somebody keeps saying to her that for her obedience to God, the man keeps saying, no, I want to, you know, he wants to do it his way. He makes it all about him. He's and I'm I'm just going to keep it kind of blank who it is, but it's all about him. 
not about God, not, but it's about him. Well, as soon as somebody says, if I went to you and said, why would you treat me like that? I think I got a problem. But if I come to you and say, I don't think Yahweh wants us to treat each other like that, then we're making Yahweh the focus. And so here we can see clearly Saul is in the wrong. And I love what Daniel added. I'm going to continue reading. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, who was set over the servants of Saul and said, I saw the son of Yishai coming, going to Nob, to Ahimelech. So that is Ahimelech. Uh, I thought we did that last chapter. I'm going to keep going. To Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub. And he inquired of Yahweh for him, gave him portions and gave him the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. So here's Doeg who was at the place when uh, um, David came to uh, Ahimelech with his men. They got the bread. And here's Doeg trying to say, like, look, Ahimelech helped him. I saw him. He wants to gain favor in Saul's eyes for doing that, which is actually wicked. But he, since Saul's the king, and he could actually give him money, blessings or whatever, or somehow prestige. And so Doeg, who is an Edomite, who are from the sons of Esau, was like, hey, I saw the guy. I'll tell on him. So the king sent to call Ahimelech the priest, the son of Ahitub and all his father's house, the priests who were in Nob, and they all came to the king. So they're like, okay, what, what's he want? And Saul said, here now, son of Ahitub. He answered, here I am, my lord. Now remember, remember, David did not tell Ahimelech his business. He did not say that he was fleeing. He didn't slander Saul, but he also kept his business private. He just was like, I need to be careful right now because I don't know who's on my side and who's on Saul's side. I don't know who will kill me. So he had to be careful. So then Saul said to him, why have you conspired against me? This is a false attack. Why have you conspired against me? You and the son of Jeshai, in that you have given him bread and a sword and you and have inquired of Elohim for him that he should rise against me to lie in wait as it is this day. So here's a false attack from Saul. You, you helped this wicked man, but the man was righteous. You helped him. You conspired against me. And, and I'm sure Ahimelech was like, what are you talking about? Let's keep reading. So Ahimelech answered the king and said, and who among all your servants is as faithful to David? Ahimelech's confused, right? He's like, but David's faithful. Who is the king's son-in-law? Remember, the king's daughter is married to David, who goes at your bidding and is honorable in your house. Like Ahimelech's like, he, he sees David's righteousness. Did I then begin to inquire of Elohim for him? Like Ahimelech's like, I didn't inquire of Elohim for him to insurrect against you. Far be it from me. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to any in the house of my my father. For your servant knew nothing of the of all this, little or much. So Ahimelech's like, but David's faithful and I didn't help him against you. What are you talking about? And the king said, you shall surely die. Ahimelech, you and all your father's house. Then the king said to the guards who stood about him, turn and kill the priests of Yahweh because their hand is also with David and because they knew when he fled and did not tell it to me. Okay, this is going to be in your life a lot. For example, right now, Daniel's going, Daniel's going through something right now where her somebody is accusing her of being an insurrectionist against him. And I'm kind of the bad person in this whole thing too. Like I'm wicked because I'm helping her to understand Yahweh's Torah. And you're going to be that same person as you help people come out of this Mitzrayim, this false Egypt, the sin, the lies, the perpetuation of the Babylonian system. And the people are going to come against you as you help people out of that system. And you might be murdered, so to speak, with their words, but you stay faithful. But the servants of the king would not lift their hands to strike the priests of Yahweh. Here they're like, oh, no, we shouldn't do that. And the king said to Doeg, you turn and kill the priests. 
So Doeg the Edomite turned and struck the priests and killed on that day 85 men who wore a linen ephod. How wicked. There will be Doegs in your life who will be siding with your persecutors, who will make up lies about you, twist the truth to make it look like you have done wicked and they are ready to kill you. But you die you die righteously. You just stay faithful to Yahweh. Also now the city. Of, oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yahweh just spoke one more thing to me. I need to point out the connection here. David, there's a Hebrew saying that we have the Messiah ben Yosef and Messiah ben David. That means Messiah, son of Joseph, Messiah, son of David. Every Jewish person tells you there are two parts of our Messiah. So as you cling to Messiah Yeshua, to David, your fellow brothers and sisters, those of Edomite descendants who are literally physically related to you, but they're Edomites because they're not true Israelites, because the true Israelites wrestles with God and overcomes, submits to the promises and clings to the promises of Yahweh Elohim. The Edomites are like the Christians, the people who don't come out of the system, the Messianics who don't come out of the system. They continue in their false teachings, false ways. Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it would be, the religious systems, medicine. Those are the ones who will turn and kill you. Your enemies are always with from the own house. Here's Doeg the Edomite serving Saul. Saul is the son of Benjamin, who would technically be called a Jew. He was the leader of the Israelites, and he was still wicked. Just because a pastor sits on the throne, just because a pastor sits in church and has been anointed by Yahweh, doesn't mean he will continue in that anointing if he chooses to disobey. There are many false messianic teachers. There are many false Christian teachers. And these Doeg the Edomites will turn and kill you as you cling to your David, your Yeshua. Remember that. Stay faithful to the end. Also, not the city of the priests. He struck with the edge of the sword, both men and women, children and nursing infants, oxen and donkeys and sheep with the edge of the sword. He killed these people simply for nothing other than the jealousy and wickedness of Saul. Now, one of the sons of him, and that is exactly what has happened to me. I'm slurred and slandered all the time. That's what's happening to Danielle. That's what's happening to every single one of you. If you come out of the Babylonian system as you cling to your Messiah, you will be slain for doing no wrong. But blessed are you, as Matthew 5 tells us. Blessed are you. You just be pure of heart. You stay faithful. You love. You stay faithful to Yahweh. Now, one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar told David that Shaul had killed Yahweh's priest. So David said to Abiathar, I knew that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul. I have caused the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me. Do not fear. For he who seeks my life seeks your life. But with me, you shall be safe. And as we run and as we escape from the hand, of the villain, of the wicked brothers and sisters who come against us. As we escape, we don't turn our hand against them. We don't kill them back, but we hide in the shadow of our David, David, Yeshua HaMashiach. With him, we will be safe because even in our death, our soul is atoned for. Our soul is safe. We stay with Messiah. We don't go our own way. We stay with David. You will encounter so many experiences like this in your Torah walk. For over 21 years, I can probably count over 100 times that it has happened to me. I have learned to hear the voice of Yahweh. Some people will call you negative, but there's a discernment that happens. Recently, I was told to be warned of, uh, um, of some people, and it's all come true. Listen, when Yahweh tells you, like David said, he knew, he knew. When you know and you get that Holy Spirit feeling, just be aware. Do not you be harmless as a dove wise as a serpent.
Okay, Danielle, do you have any other thoughts with this to add before we close out? Proclaiming for our Messiah, we need to stand in the gap. We need to stand in the gap and pray for those who are persecuting us. Were we not told by Messiah himself, pray for those who persecute you? Um, and, you know, as you as you're reading the last part of this, this chapter, I, I've been writing some notes um, just to encourage myself as well. And I was reading in First Peter chapter four yesterday. And this spoke volumes to me um, when Peter says, and this is um, a message to all of us who, who have come to Torah, who have come to Yahweh's truth, to his ways. And it's almost like we're being awoken. It, I mean, it is, we're being awoken. And, we, and it's just like this surreal, real, we just, it's just like this realization that, oh my gosh, I've been living a lie. And, and these people, these poor people, these poor souls are still stuck in, stuck in this lie. Um, and while we're being persecuted by those very people who are our best friends, who are our closest loved ones, we need to remember, don't go back into the comfort of the world. Don't go back into that, that blanket of falsity and just deceitfulness, like stay under Yeshua's, you know, garment of peace, cling to him, don't let go. And I was reading first Peter chapter four verses 12 through 14 because it will feel strange sometimes it will feel like what is going on i don't understand i don't understand i'm just trying to do righteousness i'm literally just trying to do i'm trying to follow the bible isn't that what we all say that we believe when we when we become christians and believe in messiah is that not what we proclaim is we believe in the god of the bible well when we actually truly get into the bible for ourselves and stop listening to someone speak it just a few verses once a week and then go out and living our lives as we usually do the rest of the six days. We need to really hit our knees and humble ourselves before our creator and say, seek him. How do you truly want us to live, Father? And Peter says it so well. And when we face trials and he says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for, te for your testing as though something strange was happening to you. And I can't tell you how many times I've just looked around like, what is going on? Says, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Messiah, keep on rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. If you are insulted for the name of Messiah, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory and of God, Elohim, rests upon you. So in times when we just feel like, I don't understand, like we were just best friends or you know, that's my husband. I don't understand why he's being so cruel. Or, you know, that's my wife. I don't understand. I, I love her so much. And yet she's, she's just, you know, things aren't the same anymore. We argue, we don't cuddle, you know, we don't have those um, loving moments, laughter, moments of joy and everything. It's because Satan fights. Once we truly see God's truth, Satan fights that much harder. Think about it. When you were back in your life of just living how you wanted, everything seemed okay. You weren't being persecuted as we were told by Messiah. You weren't being hated by the world. You loved your life. Did he not say himself, if those who love their life will lose it? And so when we truly are standing up for righteousness, that's when Satan turns his ugly head and, and we see truly we're able to then view how do my loved ones really believe? How did I used to really truly believe? Because when we start speaking God's truth, like, well, no, but, but this is how God says us to live set apart and holy. They don't want to hear it oftentimes. And it's just, it, it's a heart issue. And so we just need to give God our whole hearts and truly decide. 
am I going to live as Messiah lived, suffering? He didn't live a life of doing whatever he wanted. He gave his life for his for all of us, and it's our decision to to do the same for him. Um, so, and that's what I have chosen. And, and like Melissa has referred to, I am going through something good. It's a fiery trial right now, and, and Yahweh is refining me for His honor and for His glory. And you know, it's 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 hard, but I choose Him. At the end of the day, we all need to choose Him. No matter, we're not to fear man. But as Messiah said, we are not to fear man. We are to fear the one who can kill the body and you know, kill the soul as well. So, so we just need to remember that no matter who comes against us, no matter, no matter if they seem like they're right, go look back to God's word because Yahweh declares what is righteousness. Absolutely. Well, praise Yahweh. Thank you for joining today, my friend. Um, I do pray, Father God, that you would let this word plant in the hearts of all of us. Let your truth set your people free. May we remember your promises as we sit in the cave of Adalam, fleeing for our life, and may we cling to you. In the name of Yeshua, I ask. Amen. You all have a blessed Sabbath. We love you. I love you, Danielle. I love you guys. Love you. Okay, bye. Shalom, shalom. By the way, <laughs> I remembered um, this was our first podcast, by the way, with a guest speaker, and I could tell I was a little more excited in my voice. And since I do have extreme ADHD, I got a little scattered. But in um, what I was referring to for Moab, it was when he extended his shadow to protect God's people, and that's in Isaiah 16. So I wanted to clarify, it was a good learning experience. Of course, each podcast. Uh, I learn more, and as I have these guest speakers, I will practice and get a little better at the flow of the the the, the organization and and the the way this the podcast goes. But anyway, thank you for tuning in. Love you guys so much. Have a blessed day.